Welcome to Chiropractic Science, where you get to hear interviews with leading chiropractic researchers from around the world. Hear about chiropractic research from the authors in plain English, not through the media, nor a middleman. My name is Dr. Dean Smith, and I am the host of Chiropractic Science. I am a senior clinical faculty member in the Department of Kinesiology and Health at Miami University, and I'm also a chiropractor in Eaton, Ohio. My research interests relate to understanding how chiropractic affects motor control and human performance. Today, I have the privilege of interviewing Dr. Carolina Kohlberg. But before we get to the interview, I wanted to thank all of you who have subscribed to Chiropractic Science, and I'm especially appreciative to all of you who have contributed five-star reviews on iTunes. iTunes really helps others find out about chiropractic science. So if you like the show, please take a second and write a review. It will support chiropractors everywhere. I'd like to share a review on iTunes from Young O Kim, who says, Best resource for evidence-based chiropractic. It's truly amazing to hear so many astounding researchers in the chiropractic field. The researchers' diverse backgrounds and expertise allow students such as myself to be engaged in the pursuit of further knowledge. Dr. Smith's interview style allows the listeners to obtain clinical information that can be applied directly into practice. Thank you for providing these great podcasts. Well, Youngo, thank you very much for your review. I look forward to sharing your flattering iTunes review in a future podcast. Please consider making a contribution to Chiropractic Science to keep these podcasts going. You can do so on our website, either by making a donation or by purchasing the evidence-based patient education slides presentation. We are also on social media, including Facebook and Instagram, so please connect with us there. All right, on to the podcast. Okay, well, let's get on to the interview with Dr. Carolina Kohlberg. Dr. Carolina Kohlberg has a degree in chiropractic from the Anembi Morumbi University in Sao Paulo, Brazil from 2004 and completed her master's and PhD in biological sciences physiology at the Federal University of Rio Grande do Sul. Her research interests include the neurophysiology of pain and the physiological effects of chiropractic treatment. Dr. Kohlberg's thesis on oxidative stress blood markers in patients with chronic back or neck pain treated with high-velocity and low-amplitude manipulation support the hypothesis that HVLA spinal manipulation leads to an antioxidant effect, which in turn could be related to the analgesic response. Being the first chiropractor graduated in Brazil with a PhD, her goal is to promote the interest of Brazilians' young chiropractors in research. Dr. Kohlberg is a member of the Research Committee of the World Federation of Chiropractic, is the chair of the Research Committee of the Latin American Federation of Chiropractic, and a member of the editorial board of the journal Coluna Columna, the official scientific publication of the Brazilian Spine Society and affiliated societies. Dr. Kohlberg is active in clinical practice. She is a physiology professor at the University Center of the Serra Gosha, I'm not sure if I said that right, in the south of Brazil, and is an associate researcher at the Neurobiology Group from the Federal University of Rio Grande do Sul. Dr. Kohlberg, it's a pleasure to have you on the Chiropractic Science Podcast. Hi, Dr. Smith. The pleasure is mine. I want to thank you for this opportunity and enjoying the moment. I would like to congratulate you for your contribution to chiropractic science. 
Well, thank you so much. Dr. Kohlberg, can you tell us how you became interested in becoming a chiropractor? Yes, of course. Uh, my interest in chiropractic started with my mom's influence. She is also a chiropractor. Actually, she is one of the major responsible for bringing chiropractic to Brazil. She was the one who started the first chiropractic program at University Fevali. This first program was a post-graduation for health professionals in which she obtained her chiropractic degree. And during this time, I had the opportunity to listen to a few professors who came from Palmer to teach. And as a result, I became very attracted to the profession. And besides, I had my own chiropractic experience when I fell down from a horse and I hurt my neck. And after two days of headache, I got my first adjustment and I felt a relief instantly. So this was the moment when I realized that, well, cool, I really want to do this for my career. Well, that's terrific. So how, how was it uh, after you went to chiropractic school, uh, how did you become interested in pursuing a master's degree and, and a PhD? I've always been a curious student. I started my graduation at Fevali and I, f I finished it in Morumbi using a scholarship. So when I started studying chiropractic, I also started a scientific initiation program at the Federal University of Rio Grande do Sul. At that moment, in the Federal University of Rio Grande do Sul, I was studying cell membranes pumps so deeply into physiology, and I became really interested in doing research because I really wanted to know why and how physiologically chiropractic works. So it was always in my mind to finish the graduation and go through a master's degree and a PhD, but before applying for the master's degree program, I've practiced for two years to improve my clinical skills, and then after that I applied to a master's degree at the Federal University of Rio Grande do Sul where I did my PhD as well, both with a scholarship from the Brazilian government. It was a CNPQ scholarship, which is one of the most prestigious founding sources for research of our country. That's fantastic, and congratulations on that award. That's amazing. Thank you. It's the first scholarship from the government for a chiropractor, so it's very cool. Yeah, that's amazing. So you were in practice for two years, and my understanding is you're still in practice. Can you tell us about that? Yes, 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 I am. Uh, I've always been practicing since I graduated. I believe it's very important because it can approach practice and research. Now I spend um, half of my time in clinic, like three to four days a week, 
and at clinic and the rest of my time is for teaching, preparing classes and researching. Very good. Can you tell us a little bit about your PhD studies and what kind of physiological techniques you've learned about? Yes. Uh, well, my master's and my PhD studies gave us an overview about nitrooxidative stress balance related to the physiology or the analgesic effects of chiropractic manipulation. And most of the techniques I learned were biochemical techniques, basically assays to measure pro or antioxidant markers and enzymes, activities, assays with spectrophotometry. Excellent. Well, I'd like to get into some of the studies you've published and learn about all the cool things you've been up to. So the first paper okay. is... Uh, about the effects of high-velocity, low-amplitude manipulation on catalase activity in men with neck pain. Can you describe this study for us? Yes. Uh, this paper was published at GMPT in 2010. It was my first paper. And the aim of this study was to identify the influence of high-velocity, low-amplitude manipulation on lipid peroxidation and catalase activity. Our sample was 22 men with non-specific chronic neck pain. Every patient received spinal manipulation treatment, diversified techniques, three times a week for two weeks. Uh, we collected blood samples from these patients before and after the treatment in the third and sixth visit. And we also used a visual pain scale and the neck disability index to assess the pain-related symptoms. Uh, catalase activity and uh, lipoperoxidation were measured in red blood cells from these patients. The results showed no change in lipid peroxidation, but catalase activity was increased by the treatment in the third and in the sixth visit. The same treatment reduced pain perception and disability in these uh, subjects. So the raise in catalase activity suggests an increase in the dismutation of hydrogen peroxide with an antioxidant effect protecting cells from lipid peroxidation. In conclusion, the study supports a possible relation between spinal manipulation therapy and oxidative stress balance. Okay, great. Uh, could you describe for us, uh, for people that may not know what catalase is or what lipid peroxidation is, could you describe a little bit about what, what those are? Yes. Uh, catalase is an antioxidant enzyme that is located inside peroxisomes. And this enzyme converts hydrogen peroxide into water. The increasing formation of hydrogen peroxide may result from an imbalance in favor of the prooxidant in our cells that in turn will raise the hydroxyl radical formation, 
which is one of the molecules responsible for lipid peroxidation. In addition, this uh, hydrogen peroxide can be involved in pain signaling process. Um, hydrogen peroxide may modulate pain perception by affecting the activity of intracellular signaling molecules. Okay. That's terrific. Now, how I'm just curious, uh, in your own practice, let's say, how, how would you explain the results of this study to a patient of yours or to a non-scientist? Good question. Well, I start asking them if they have already heard something about oxidative stress and aging process. And they always have uh, this previous information. Then I tell them that the oxidative balance is very important, not only for aging process, but also for preventing from disease, for, for example, neural disease. And it also has a role, important role in the pain process. So we look for a possible relation between spinal manipulation and antioxidant effect in our body and we found an increase in antioxidant enzymes that could be contributing in the analgesic effect that they perceive. Yeah, that is really exciting. And exciting to hear you describe it as such. That, that's amazing. Um, do you have any idea of the, the magnitude of these uh, spinal manipulation effects on catalase, maybe compared to other interventions such as eating an anti-inflammatory diet or taking antioxidants or, or even exercise? Well, I'm not sure, but I believe that the magnitude of spinal manipulation effects on catalase is more subtle and transitory than these other types of interventions. And I think that spinal manipulation um, effect is probably more related to signaling pathways than with a general antioxidant effect in our body, different from the other type of interventions. Gotcha. Well, let's talk about another paper, and this is the effect of high-velocity, low-amplitude treatment on superoxide dismutase and glutathione peroxidase activities in erythrocytes from men with neck pain. Could you describe this study for us? Okay, this paper was published also in the GMPT in 2012. In fact, this study is part of the first one. It investigates the analgesic effect of manipulation and the antioxidant enzymes, superoxide dismutase and glutathione peroxidase in men with non-specific chronic neck pain. So it's the same, uh, the same scheme of treatment of the first one, six sessions of chiropractic manipulation, three times a week for two weeks. We analyze the enzymes activities before the beginning of the treatment, after the third one, and after the last visit. And in the end, there was no significant change with the treatment in these two enzymes. Okay. Um, could you give us some insight as to uh, what superoxide dismutase and what 
glutathione peroxidase do? Absolutely. Superoxide dismutase converts the superoxide anion in hydrogen peroxide and after catalase and glutathione peroxidase convert hydrogen peroxide to water. When there is an imbalance between pro and antioxidants with a higher production of superoxide or a lower degradation, it results in oxidative stress injury. But these reactive oxygen species are also important signaling molecules. We know that increased reactive oxygen species in spinal cord may cause pain, for example, by reducing GAB inhibitory influence on neurons that are involved in pain transmission in the dorsal horn of the spinal cord. That's pretty awesome. I, I normally don't think on such a physiological level, um, like with all of these chemicals, biochemicals, but this is yes, really amazing stuff. Into physiology and biochemistry. <laughs> exactly. Why do you think there were no differences found after the successions? Well, first, the superoxide, the anion, can have another pathway combining with nitric oxide and forming a peroxynitrite that also is a deleterious molecule. Or maybe it's necessary a longer period of treatment to cause a significant change in the activities of these enzymes. Sounds good. I'd like to talk about another, yet another paper, uh, and this one is Peripheral Oxidative Stress Blood Markers in Patients with Chronic Back or Neck Pain Treated with High-Velocity Low-Amplitude Manipulation. This also comes out of JMPT in 2014. Could you guide us through this study? Sure. Uh, this one was published at 2014, also in the GAMPT, and the aim of this study was to investigate nitrooxidative stress blood markers in individuals with chronic neck or back pain after five weeks of spinal manipulation. We had 23 uh, individuals with non-specific chronic neck or back pain that received spinal manipulation treatment twice weekly for five weeks. Uh, blood samples were assessed before the treatment begin and after five weeks of treatment to determine the activities of these antioxidant enzymes, superoxide dismutase, catalase, and glutathione peroxidase again, and the levels of nitric oxide metabolites and lipid hydroperoxides also. And we found no change in catalase in this study, but we found an increase in superoxide dismutase and glutathione peroxidase activities after the treatment. We didn't saw any change in the nitric oxide metabolites or the, in the lipid hydroperoxides. So with a longer treatment, we found changes in this, only in these two enzymes, superoxide dismutase and glutathione peroxidase, and no longer in catalase. It's 
also possible that uh, these enzymes are related to the analgesic effect of spinal manipulation, but depends on the time of treatment. The reason why catalase was affected previously, do you think that had to do with the, the length of the treatment? Yes. Well, um, it might have increased in this, uh, uh, in this last study at the end of the first or second week of, week of treatment, but we didn't collect blood at this time point to check. But we can explain um, this difference through the behavior of these enzymes, because catalase is a first-line enzyme with an antioxidant effect uh, for the uh, hydrogen peroxide. So it's easier to find changes in its activity in the earlier stage of any treatment. And after that, with a longer treatment, we can find the changes in the glutathione peroxidase and also in superoxide mutase. I'm just curious, um, how expensive is it to, to test for these enzyme activities? Yes, it is very expensive. expensive. Um, to us in Brazil, it's even more because we have to work in, with dollar, so it's pretty expensive to us because we need to buy uh, a lot of um, compounds to do the, the assay to analyze the activity of these enzymes, the, the, the enzymes, and um, it's NADH, I don't know how to say in English, but um, important for um, producing energy in the cells. Okay, yeah, NADH? Yes. <laughs> sure. Well, so I guess that's uh, a reason why chiropractors aren't using this in, in practice on a typical basis. So with these markers that you're testing, um, is, is the pain reduction effect, you mentioned that, that it has a, an effect at the dorsal horn. Is that the presumed mechanism of action for reducing pain then? Yes, probably the signaling process in the dorsal um, horn neurons are affected by uh, a lot of reactive oxygen species like the superoxide anion, like the hydrogen peroxide or even the nitric oxide. So the balance between these molecules are very important to controlling pain. Hmm, very, very interesting. Well, for the chiropractors and public that are listening to this interview, how would you summarize um, the physiological effects of spinal manipulation? Honestly, I believe it's too early to state any kind of physiological effect of spinal manipulation. We have a few evidences showing changes in interleukines, in pro- and anti-inflammatory markers in these nitroxidative pathways, but Nothing is conclusive. However, the knowledge we have now drives us to think in a general anti-inflammatory effect that might be related to analgesic responses also. So we need more studies on the physiology of spinal manipulation, for sure, especially about anti-inflammatory markers. 
Yeah, what an exciting area of research. I'm I'm jealous. <laughs> it seems like a, uh, uh, just an amazing opportunity. Yes, it is. What studies do you think need to be done to further the research in this area? Have you have you thought about some studies that you want to conduct? Yes, we we now are working with animal models to find out what's happening about these oxidative stress pyramids parameters in the neural tissue and of course uh, we need more uh, studies with uh, patients and we can try some um, interleukines or other molecules involved in anti-inflammatory process or pro-inflammatory and seeing what is happening. Sounds good. I know from from my read of the literature, when I look at, for example, um, nutritional ways to affect inflammation or or exercise, a lot of people talk about certain yeah. chemicals like NF kappa B or C reactive protein. Is, is there any suggestion that chiropractic adjustments could affect these molecules at all, or or are those just uh, different yeah, parts of the uh, pathway? These two molecules, NF-kappa-B and C-reactive protein, are tissue damage markers, and I, I don't know, uh, I don't have the, uh, I don't have knowledge about any evidence showing the effect of spinal manipulation in these markers. So it's uh, a field for research. Probably, we can find out some modification in these markers. Sure. Now, you mentioned that you're working on some animal models now. Um, are you working on uh, any other projects? Yes. Uh, as I told you, we are interested in finding out the role of these nitrooxidative molecules in the signaling process of pain. And it would be very interesting to assess this on neural tissue as we can do this in patients, of course, we are now working with animal models, models of neuropathic pain that we will be treated with spinal manipulation therapy using an instrument advice. And we will look for changes in neural tissue, spinal cord, dorsal ganglion root, and the sciatic nerve. And also we will look for changes in blood and behavior change in these animals. All right, that's that's exciting. I like I really like the bridging between the physiology and then looking at the behavior also. I think that to me in my mind kind of completes the loop uh, of the whole gamut. Yeah. Fantastic. Of well, a goal of this podcast series is to motivate and assist practitioners and students alike to pursue research careers in chiropractic science. Can you offer any advice to aspiring chiropractors who wish to become scientists? Uh, first, I think to be a researcher is something that you feel it's part of you. It's a natural feeling you should have. Because a research career is not easy, it demands a lot of study, much reading, and hours of hard work, especially in the lab. But it's very gratifying when you have the results and you can write and publish a paper 
knowing that you are really contributing to the advance of the profession. Especially in Brazil, it's very hard to do research because we don't have enough funds and we don't have chiropractic groups of research. But it's crucial that more and more chiropractors be enrolled into the research field for a good recognition of our profession here. Very well said. I'm excited about the programs in Brazil. I'm excited about chiropractic in Brazil. I'm excited that you came on the podcast today and shared all of your amazing research with us. And I certainly look forward to all of the great research that you're getting into now. And I'd love to have you back on the podcast to explain that research maybe in a year or a couple of years. Thank you, Dr. Smith. It was a big pleasure to talk to you and talk about the, my research. And I would be I would love to be with you again in the podcast. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Chiropractic Science with Dr. Carolina Kohlberg. We've got many great researchers coming up, so stay tuned for more.